Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Person-Centered Approaches to Support People Duly Eligible for Medicare and Medicaid. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on September 6, 2018. In this podcast, we will hear from a panel discussion including Brittany Wolms and Lisa Portoon, who are both managers at the Council on Aging of Southwestern Ohio of the MyCare Ohio AITNA program. We will also hear from Andrea Price, who is a manager of clinical health services at AITNA Better Health of Ohio. Lastly, we will hear from Karen, who is an AITNA member. So AITNA Better Health of Ohio serves approximately 24,000 adults across the state who are duly eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid. As many of you know, individuals duly eligible for Medicare and Medicaid have high rates of chronic conditions and long-term support needs. This means that they end up accounting for a disproportionately large share of Medicare and Medicaid expenditures. Part of what's driving the move towards person-centered approaches is this kind of strengths-based focus is especially helpful for managing chronic conditions and identifying long-term support needs. It can lower costs through integrating natural supports and community resources. The Council on Aging of Southwestern Ohio is an area agency on aging, or AAA. Every state and U.S. territory has AAAs. They form a network across the country to serve older adults locally in areas typically covering neighboring counties. On the slide, you can see some of the services which the Council on Aging of Southwestern Ohio provides. AAAs in other areas and states may provide different services depending on resources and local needs. Importantly, AAAs have local community connections, which allow them to connect people to resources where they live. If you're looking for a AAA in your area, there's a link there in the slides. All right. So kicking off our panel with a question for Andrea and Lisa. Could you please briefly describe the partnership between Aetna Better Health of Ohio and Council on Aging of Southwestern Ohio and how it keeps people at the center of your work? Hi, this is Andrea. Ohio Medicaid requires health plans to coordinate with AAAs on services, and our health plan has chosen to go beyond that. We decided to expand our partnership with Council on Aging of Southwestern Ohio and fully integrate service coordination and care management. We have combined the waiver um, coordinator and care manager into one role to provide a more coordinated and streamlined approach to caring for our members. So this keeps the, um, this partnership keeps the member at the center and the member just has one point of contact, their care manager, who helps them take care of their, their services rather than two different two different contacts. If the member has any question about their health plan, the care manager can turn to their Aetna liaison as each region has their own liaison. And this is Lisa, and by having the care manager being fully delegated, as Andrea explained, the care manager really oversees the whole case, and therefore they're, they're the single point of contact for the member. They work with the member to connect them with their social services and their community resources, which focuses on the member's social determinants of health. They work with the member to create that person-centered care plan, which includes goals for their medical needs and their social needs to support the, sorry, to support the member's desire 
to stay in their home as independently as possible. Our staff consists of both licensed social workers and nurses, and they use their clinical skills to engage our members in conversation to better assess their needs and desires for their life. So Aetna provides the healthcare tools, the um, assessments for specific situations. Um, we, we provide the insurance pot, um, side of the business. Um, we also provide behavioral health liaisons. Um, we provide one point of contact for each um, area agency on aging region to provide the identified needs and support. We also provide metrics and data. Um, dashboards and monitoring um, support transitions to big events. And we share aggregate data with the Council on Aging leadership electronic, electronically to continue improving quality for members. Um, we also um, examine claims to identify gaps and issues to provide supports to members and provide clear communication and data sharing between Aetna and AAA so that people don't have to keep repeating their stories and information. So this is Lisa. Talking about that team approach, our care managers have direct access to their Aetna liaison to ask member-specific questions. We also have a process in the form of a formal case round to work collaboratively with Aetna to examine high-risk cases and determine the best approach to address those issues. The care manager also coordinates with the members' doctors, um, the members' doctors and providers to ensure services are being implemented and addresses the issues at hand. Those identified needed services are first discussed with the member to ensure that they both want and understand the benefit of those services that are being offered. So we work collaboratively to assist the member with their needs. Thank you, Andrea and Lisa, and you sound great and clear on our end. Now, what we just heard from them is a great example of governmental policy change leading to organizational change. The segments on the chart inside the green rectangle. Ohio's requirement that health plans partner with AAAs led to Aetna and Southern Ohio, Ohio partnering and creating the protocols they needed to do that to keep people at the center of their work. So our next question for the panel, is aimed at Karen. How did Council on Aging of Southwestern Ohio and Aetna help you? Hi, I was in a nursing facility for treatment for over a year and I wanted to get back into the community. I'm a very independent person and living independently at home was very important to me. I had all of my faculties, but physically I needed support. So when I got into my own home, it was difficult because I wasn't receiving any services. The AAA and Brittany were very helpful with setting up services I needed and the aid that I needed physically in the home. My care manager has been really helpful getting me anything I need. I don't find myself waiting. She is very helpful. I know that I can always call her with any concerns. They have gotten me transportation for appointments and necessary errands. Those things were very helpful because without the transportation, I wouldn't have been able to do a lot of this myself. This kind of program is very important to have for people like myself. Thank you so much, Karen. That's a great example of balancing important two and four. The aid support and transportation that were important for you 
helped you return home and get some independence back, things that are important to you. So Brittany, what is a person-centered plan and how do you create one? Hi, so a person-centered plan is basically finding out um, the personal goals of the person, planning services which address their needs, their goals, and we monitor that plan by doing both short-term and long-term goals. We highlight their accomplishments. We want to make sure they know we're actually listening um, to get to that, though. It has to start with interviewing. It's not just checking boxes, which is easy to fall into, but finding out um, you know, how things actually go for them. So with motivational entering, interviewing, we make sure that members don't just answer the yes and no questions, and they can actually share their experiences. Um, we make sure that they know we hear them. We repeat things back to them quite often. That helps with catching any miscommunications. Uh, we work to include any informal supports like family, neighbors, or um, loved ones into their plan to provide contingencies, so a backup plan for when they don't have anything. Um, as far as providers go, the contingency plan helps to ensure that there's not a gap in care for the members and to keep them secure within their chosen environment. So when we're meeting with the person and anyone else that they designate, the person provides all of the information for the care plan. Um, family and friends generally provide secondary information um, unless the individual is cognitively deficit, so they'll be our primary contact. In addition to collecting eligibility information, we perform a comprehensive assessment which takes about one and a half to two hours to complete. Throughout the assessment, we learn more about someone's strengths as well as the areas that they need support. Um, this is typically where we pull some of the goals from because depending on how conversational a person is, it helps to highlight a major need. Uh, we look for information on a person's environment their clinical history and need for support in areas like self-care and medication. Uh, the data collected on social determinants generally include the demographics, economic stability, education, social and community context, health and healthcare, um, neighborhood and built environment. Uh, for example, we make sure that all of our members have access to healthy foods, quality housing, transportation, um, physicians, water, utilities, and congregate activities. Um, each member is going to have a different need. Common needs for our dually eligible members include homemaking assistance, transportation, and nursing services to help administer medications. We also offer respite for caregivers so that they're able to continue doing what's important for them as well. Um, <clears throat> as far as those people typically, um, our assessments, questions, they don't change, but we may word things differently for somebody who may not understand well, or for major cognitive impairment, the caregiver can provide the response, but we want to make sure that when doing our assessments, we're meeting people on their level. Um, each member is given um, specific assessments that's related to their condition. We don't want to have lengthy assessments going through questions that aren't pertinent to that person. So for somebody with hypertension, we would want to make sure we're reviewing that with them 
and if somebody has diabetes, we'll review that with them, so on and so forth. Uh, those questions are going to focus on that person's history, current readings, when they last spoke with their doctor, how they monitor the condition, uh, what questions they may have, and that is also something that can lead to a goal. So having health condition-specific questions allows us to be a little bit more centered on that individual. Great. Thanks, Brittany. And Karen, how does your care plan work for you? Okay. I'm a very independent person, and my care plan and my personal goals were designed to get me back to my independence. I helped build this care plan. I wrote personal goals and worked to accomplish them with the help of my care manager. My goal is to get better every day so I can get better, starting with, number one, my therapy. This will allow me to get back to walking without having a walker, get back to driving, get back to work. With the type of diseases I am dealing with, they have hindered me from walking. But I know if I work as hard as I can and follow the goals in my plan, I can get back to that independence. But goals aren't all just health-focused. I have some issues with provider staff. For example, I have a goal related to boundaries and improving professional relationships with service providers because of previous issues in this area. Thank you both. Brittany, how do you support people to make decisions? So, support, so the support that I provide my members is finding out what's important to them. If it's not important to them, they're not going to work on it. Um, I make sure that they understand what we're doing. Um, if they have things that are important to them that might be deemed risky, uh, for example, enjoying an adult beverage, we're going to discuss the risk. Um, but they're adults, they can make their own decisions. We just want to make sure that they uh, do that educated, and we do that to the best of our ability. Um, if some risky choices may have a, a potential liability, we're going to work with them to sign informed risk waivers. We let all of our members know that services are optional. If they feel that it's not necessary or they no longer want it, they may refuse that service. If they feel they need more, they can ask for more. If they think things aren't going well one way, they can let me know that they feel like it needs to change. So we make sure that they're aware of what they can choose, how it's delivered, and that they can change things at any time. They just have to notify us. For service delivery, we provide a large variety of services. So if things aren't working well with one provider, we can oftentimes try another. Um, for example, instead of having somebody cook their meals, uh, we can provide a home health aid to make sure they get their meal, do home-delivered meals, refer them to a congregate meal sharing center. Um, we make sure that they know there's options out there to best fit their needs. Our connections with community organizations helps us to provide people with more options than what a health care plan can do alone. So we, as an agency, strive to be aware of the community, <clears throat> excuse me, the community resources in the areas that our members live, and we can often refer them to local churches, centers, um, agencies that can assist based on their needs. For example, a lot of our members may need assistance with home maintenance or repairs, such as lawn care, foundation, lighting, electricity, water, things like that. So we may refer them to a local agency called People Working Cooperatively, and they can provide 
services and under their seasonal program or have contracted laborers go out and assist repair um, as needed. Thank you so much. Yes, those partnerships with community organizations can be so valuable. All right. Andrea and Lisa introduced the organizational changes, and we just heard from Karen and Brittany how those led to Brittany implementing person-centered approaches, which then improved Karen's experiences. This demonstrates organizational changes leading to individual-level changes, highlighted by the green rectangle on the diagram. Let's hear a little more about the process of getting changes started. Andrea and Lisa, what did it take to get this partnership up and running? What did it take for a successful culture change? So this was taking two separate entities with different expertise and combining them into a partnership to deliver the best care possible for the person. So Aetna has the expertise with the health insurance while um, Council on Aging has the community resources. And this is Lisa talking about the importance of communication. As I stated before, that is absolutely vital between our Aetna waiver manager and the AAA in order to address the issues and concerns that arise when working with our members. It can be as simple as how to get an unusual item for a member to something way more complex. This type of daily communication helps with the day-to-day -day processes. Our AAA management staff also meets monthly with the waiver manager and the Aetna provider services to discuss the larger system issues. As well, the AAA management staff, along with other sites in Ohio, meet with the Aetna monthly to discuss new and, and to also review current processes. Along with all of that communication, there is also a monthly communication between the AAA CEO and the Aetna COO. So there are multiple layers of communication to ensure that we're addressing member needs. We also develop and share policies that clearly define our roles. Aetna and the AAAs work together to develop those policies and procedures in order, in order to ensure that they're implemented timely and that all parties have a clear understanding of the expectations. An example of this occurred when the members' risk stratification levels were shifted due to new guidelines by ODM. This was first discussed at our monthly meeting and policies were reviewed as well as a plan of transition for members to their new level based on the new guidelines. The policy and processes were first defined at our meeting and then each AAA was able to take that information and create site-specific policies and inform the care managers who were then able to discuss this with their members. In the discussion and in the assessment with the members so that those levels of care were focused on and remained person-centered. What does the member believe they need to stay independent in the home with input and recommendations for support services from the care manager? Care managers are licensed social workers and nurses, as I previously said. They have competencies in person-centered care planning and in motivational interviewing and strong customer service. They use motivational interviewing when working with members to ensure that they are gathering all the necessary information Care managers have all been trained and receive ongoing training in a variety of areas, such as cultural diversity, disability awareness, accessibility and accommodations, independent living, recovery and wellness, 
waiver services, community resources, and risk and safety planning, just to name a few. These trainings are provided in a variety of forms, such as webinars and direct trainings. When we hire care managers, they first go through our training academy for three months, where they receive appropriate intensive supervision as they learn how to implement the policies and procedures that we've just talked about. After the initial 30 days of training, only then do they receive a limited caseload and have intensive supervision for the next 60 days. So let's talk about shifting mindsets to focus on supporting members for self-determination. One of the first questions our care managers ask when working with members is, what is it that you want to have or believe will help you have a better life? Care managers are trained to support self-determination for our members, meaning members have the right to make their own decisions. A lot of what we do and how we do it is about asking the member what they want, what they need, and identifying what resources are available to provide them with the life that they want. So we did have a few challenges when we went live with our partnership. Um, the challenges were mainly around um, setting up data sharing. And, you know, Aetna, we have access to a lot of protected health information. So we wanted to make sure we only gave as much information to um, the AAAs that they needed to do their job. Um, we had to make sure that we um, protected um, and used HIPAA appropriately through that as well. So. Um, the AAAs use a virtual desktop to help with that security to that protective health information. And so that can ca cause some little bit of hiccups with that um, going through the virtual desktop in Citrix to access the information. So after um, a lot of initial technical issues, um, we figured out how to solve for those um, technical issues and things are much smoother now. Great, thank you. What plans do you have to continue becoming more person-centered? Karen, what would you change? But first, we'll start with Andrea. What plans do you have to continue becoming more person-centered? We just need to make sure that care managers continue to um, improve in motivational interviewing and support motivational interviewing, um, make sure members really set their own goals, and care managers support them to reach those goals. And this is Lisa, and I, again, agree with Andrea that motivational interviewing is an absolute need, and that's how we get more of the detailed answers from members about what they want in their life. From a training perspective, it is important to understand the questions behind motivational interviewing when interacting with our members. Hi, this is Brittany. For me, as the case manager, one of the biggest challenges is really getting down to the layers um, of interviewing our clients to find out what's actually important to them. Um, as Lisa had stated earlier, one of the first questions we ask them is, what do you feel like you need to have a better life? And most people's response is to remain in their home. So really getting down into what they need to remain in the home. Um, to improve on motivational interviewing, we have many trainings both inside and outside of our organization. Um, I've often attended the Ohio Eight Ohio Association of Area Agencies on Aging Conference, also known as O4A, uh, cultural sensitivity trainings. That way I'm sure to be aware of what different backgrounds there are. 
We have the Collins Learning Center and other opportunities provided by local agencies to provide further training and understanding of the environment in which we work. Thank you. Karen, what would you change? In the past, home health aides have stolen from me. I know that with issues like this, I can call Brittany. I feel like if the aides were educated, paid more, and treated better, that I and everyone else would have much better care. All other services I am very pleased with. Personally, I don't even want an aide, but I know I need one. I know that with issues like this, I can call Brittany, but we would prefer to not get here ever. Thank you so much for sharing that, Karen. Um, it helps to hammer home that idea of services and systems. They really can't be person-centered if people don't feel safe or are uncomfortable with aids or providers. We know with workforce shortages that people are often assigned whatever aids are available, and agencies are often desperate to hire people and get them working immediately. That goes back to your point about education and training. Um, turnover, then it goes ahead and makes the situation even worse. The staff leave and need to replace, be replaced right away. I wish we had time today to get into person-centered approaches to staffing. There are many approaches like improved training and working to find better personality matches between staff and people they support. This makes everyone's experience better, both for the person receiving services and the provider, and it's been shown to lower turnover. Um, this is a great example of how we need person-centered approaches in all parts of the system for people to really get person-centered support. All right, panel, what do you see as the greatest accomplishment of this program and approach? Hi, this is Andrea. Um, I believe helping people to stay in their homes as long as possible. Um, pulling from the expertise of each organization, we, we help support that. We manage care while the AAA connects to the community resources in order to do that. And this is Lisa. Again, I agree. Supporting our members to live in their homes in a healthy environment and empowering them to manage their care. Also connecting them with the resources that can make their life better. Hi, this is Brittany. Um, something that I see as a great accomplishment is that I get to see a lot of our seniors have more independence. Um, I, I get to see them with their services in their homes that allow them to remain more independent and living in the home of their choice. Um, I get to maintain good, solid relationships, build a rapport and trust, and provide them with resources and, and choices so that they feel like they have power back into their lives. And this is Karen. The ability to be at home and have my independence, that is the most important thing to me, and there is nothing like it. Thank you so much to all four of you. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare and Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes a full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated and coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about the current efforts and resources, please visit our website 
or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.